0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Serving Strong, Finish Strong podcast, where we're talking about the transition from our 40s and our 50s to our 60s and our 70s. I'm your host, Scott Kokenauer, and I'm happy that you're with me today. Opening question, what do fear, anxiety, and self-doubt have in common? They all follow a major life disruption. In this episode, I'm going to share my story, which will give context to the content I will be sharing with you in podcasts to come. My story has seven points. I will go through those seven points and share with you a little insight that I gained along the way. Point number one, the year was 1989. I was 24, starting a 24-year career as a chief operating officer in our family business of building churches across America. It's a company that my dad had started in 1969 or so. And I came along when I was 24. My job involved being in charge of legal, license, insurance, safety, bonding, financial reporting. I was the corporate secretary, and I was really enjoying that. I was being challenged in a lot of different directions and felt like that was where I learned a lot of the business systems and functions that I know today. Fast forward to 2008, and you don't have to look long and hard to understand what 2008 and 2009 meant to our economy. What it meant for our company was a series of years of real struggle. Our salespeople who were meeting with churches for multiple meetings, because a lot of times churches were looking at a two to five to seven million dollar project so it wasn't an easy decision and so our project consultants would meet with these churches and pour their life into selling the business to prospective churches only to find that the churches would choose another contractor we saw this over and over again between 2008 and 2012 and we really struggled so much so That in 2013, the board of directors of our family business had elected me to become the CEO to reinvent our company. I then embarked on a journey of filling a whiteboard. I had a three by five foot whiteboard in my office and I just got everything out of my head. I wrote flow charts and checklists and ideas and thoughts and quotes until the whiteboard was full. I would take a snapshot of it, and I would wipe it off and fill it again. I must have filled dozens of whiteboards before an idea began to click. That idea was a business process that we began to successfully implement. And in a future episode, we'll talk about that business process that we were working. And it all began to seem to Turn around. I call point one status quo. Status quo is when we all know what's going on. We're comfortable. Everything is familiar. This is where the comfort zone arrives. This is where the comfort zone lives. It's in status quo. Point number two was in the midst of this reinvention and the successful change of the way we were doing business across America. Everything hinged on one project from a cash flow standpoint. We had had $20 million under contract that were, was in design. And once they go into construction, then we begin to churn out our income. We had $20 million under contract that we couldn't get to yet. And it all hinged on one project in the center of the United States, ironically, where if we had started that project in June of 2015, we would have been able to bridge our cash flow challenges enough that we would have been able to continue to pursue this $20 million that we had under contract. But something happened in that one church. The pastor had had an affair. Now, an affair like this doesn't necessarily kill a construction project, but it delays it. And we could not afford that sort of delay. I can remember being in my son's bedroom upstairs when I talked to a key board member in June that month when we found out the news of the affair. And in that conversation, we concluded that the only option was to close the business. And I can remember that so clearly. I hung up the phone with that board member. I walked downstairs, walked through the kitchen, through the laundry room, and out to our front porch where my wife was sitting in a rocker. I sat down in the rocker beside her, looked her in the eye and I said, well, we have to close the business. I became a 50-year-old without a career. I call this point number two, the spark. If you haven't had a spark happen yet, it will. In the life of every person comes a major life disruption. Point number two was the spark. Point number three, that was a short but intense series of months during which we navigated bankruptcy. We had declared Chapter 7, which brought to a swift close a a bankruptcy proceeding. And from June until December of 2015, we walked through that numb process, mind-numbing emotionally numbing we just went through the motions and we did what we needed to do and i call point number three status no no we kind of were in limbo we were just hanging there we had nothing that we could hang ourselves on we had no purpose other than to get through to the discharge of our bankruptcy that led to point number four I call this the cave. I pull that from what is called the hero's journey. The cave is where there is intense struggle. Internally, I struggled with self-doubt. There were voices in my head that told me I was a failure. Externally, I wrestled with uncertainty of the future, fear of what people would think of me, fear of where I was headed, fear of whether or not I could ever support our family. There was tremendous anxiety. The cave is not a pleasant place to be. If you think of a cave, you think darkness, so much darkness. And I've been in caves where you put your hand in front of your face within inches and you and you can't see your hand. The cave is not a fun place to be. I will probably elaborate on this in coming podcast episodes, but let's just hold that there. The cave is a dark, unpleasant place to be. If you haven't lived in the cave, you will one day. I wonder sometimes, is this what they talk about when they talk about the midlife crisis? Some people go through midlife crisis because of an internal growing of unsettledness. Some people ushered into midlife crisis from an external circumstance. Whatever it is, at age 50, I was thrust into a crisis. And it happened to be in that midlife area, which typically happens in the 40s and 50s. This leads us to point five. Point five is where I grasped for salvation. I threw money at programs promising prosperity that turned out to not be for me. They were just gimmicks and sales processes that just made me feel bad about myself. I lived in desperation. I lived with a lack of faith in the God that I had been serving. I was raised in a a Midwestern Ohio town, small town, conservative Christian, and I had just let go of all of that. And I didn't know where I was headed, but I was headed somewhere or nowhere fast. Arrhythmia is the best way I can describe point five. It's like the heart pumping so fast that it's not getting you anywhere. You're going on in all directions at once. There's no real strategy. You may be going fast, but you're going fast nowhere. That's point five. Point six of seven. This is where my wife gave me a wake-up call. She didn't do it intentionally, I'm sure. Back at the spark, when I sat down in the rocker beside her on the front porch, what I had uttered to her was the end of both of our careers because we both worked in the business and so we were both without a job i can't tell you enough what a brave woman my wife jenny is she landed a job in august of 2015 and began august 6th 2015 in a business and by this time it was 2020 when she let me know that it was her fifth anniversary of working there. Now, normally you would just think, wow, that's interesting. Five years. Wow. How time flies. But what it meant for me was it pulled back the curtain of all the uncertainty that she had to be dealing with. COVID had introduced itself into all of our lives globally around March of that year and like most everyone else we thought it would last a couple of weeks and we could take off our masks and we get back to normal now we're in august the uncertainty of a global pandemic was still looming large and her uncertainty of what i was going to do to support us was uncertain i was arrested in my soul i took long walks prayed long prayers Journaled long journal entries until I made a commitment to get something started. Point six of seven, I call the wall. I didn't like it, but I did like it because it brought clarity after four years, five years of arrhythmia. Orson Scott Card, author of The Enders Game, which I haven't read, but I saw a quote, illustrates what I would call. An epiphany he says in the moment when i truly understand my enemy understand him well enough to defeat him then in that very moment i also love him i think it's impossible to really understand somebody what they want what they believe and not love them the way they love themselves and then in that very moment when i love them i destroy them in that moment I began to destroy the fear, anxiety, and self-doubt which had held me hostage for over four years since the spark. In that moment, I committed to being the person I wish I'd had when I was a 50-year-old without a career. I committed right then to helping others save stress, time, money, and energy by walking with them side by side. In that moment, I had purpose. In that moment, I had vision. I had alignment. Beautiful thing, alignment. The sense when you are becoming the fullest expression of your unique God-given design. And that leads to the seventh point, which I am currently in and which includes a podcast called Serve Strong, Finish Strong. I call this point seven, sinus rhythm. I choose this medical term on purpose because my growth and my progress is not a straight line upward to more and more success. It's full of ups and downs. If you're a a client of mine, you will have heard me say at least once, if not multiple times, all you need to do is look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average of volume from 1900 until today. If you zoom into any one day or week, you'll be either wildly excited or deeply depressed. But if you zoom out far enough and you see a general trend upward, you are re-instilled with faith and hope in the future. That is my life today. There are good days, there are bad days, but I'm working a blueprint. I'm making adjustments along the way, just like driving to the beach. I have a destination, and the journey is made of many, many slight adjustments. If the car moves to the right toward the, off the road, I'll, I'll bring the steering wheel over to the left. If I want to pass a car because they're going slower than I am, I will move into the left lane past them and to move in to the right lane, a journey of slight adjustments. Sometimes there are detours, sometimes there are traffic jams, but it is always worth the effort when we finally see the waves crashing on the sandy shore. That is sinus rhythm. That is what I wish for you, my friend, to come out of your fear, anxiety and self-doubt and to enter a rhythmic cadence of a true and joyful journey. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. My story sets the tone for the coming episodes, which I hope you'll journey with me. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast and get notified when the next episode is live. In the meantime, you have been listening to Serving Strong, Finish Strong, the podcast for 40s and 50s. Visit our website for more information about The Community, which is a peer-to-peer coaching network. You can also learn more about private coaching and other resources for navigating your 40s and 50s for a fantastic fourth quarter, a.k.a. your 60s and 70s. Thank you for listening. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.